Welcome to episode 66 of Val FBA Stuttgart American, an American-based English language Val FBA Stuttgart fan podcast where our views are unofficial, uninformed, and unprepared. Typically, Matt, I say usually unprepared, but we were just talking off the air with Ted, who's joining us. We're super unprepared for this one. Some of us didn't watch the match. Some of us didn't want to watch the match. Some of us have already forgotten the match. The three of us were talking before we uh, came on air. Do we even want to do this episode? Because <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to listen to this episode anyway. So, uh, Matt, with that introduction in mind, how are you doing? I am doing delightful, Travis. How are you? <laughs> I don't know if you saw me post on the Twitter machine, which I apparently is about to explode. But before it does, that I just received my Val of Beige Stuttgart Advent box, Matt. And I don't know if you saw the picture of how that box showed up to my house. <laughs> I did, Travis, but how did it show up to your house? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ted, you and I live relatively near the same uh, state, and I don't want to besmirch any of my friends in the postal delivery service, but <laughs> um, it showed up in pieces, which is very symbolic, as it turns out, Ted. <laughs> Matt's response of the the uh, scene from Ace Ventura with him delivering the package uh, was absolutely spot on. That's exactly what I thought of when I saw what that advent calendar looked like. <laughs> it was, yeah. And so my one child was able to play with the remnants of the cardboard that was everywhere <laughs> in the house. So it was Christmas in November. There was no waiting for the advent day because there was stuff everywhere. So Did any of the content survive? I, in fact, you can't see it, but I'm holding up this delightfully small Stuttgart mug right now. I think it's, it's adorable. Um, there was a jump rope in there. Um, if anybody ordered it and doesn't want to know what it is, I apologize. Although if you ordered it from the store, it told you pretty much everything that was in the box. Um, there was a pencil, that a pen. Um, I think there was supposed to be a jersey, but somewhere along the line, the box that they mailed it in disintegrated. And the DHL guys wrapped it up in another paper sack. And I don't know if they helped themselves to the jersey when that happened. But uh, it it was the thought, you know, it was the thought that counts. I do wonder if there was a jersey in there somewhere. Matt, this is your 31st episode. We're going to play the number game like we usually do. All right. So here's some 31s who have played for Stugart during our fandom. Going in reverse order, Shinji Okazaki played from 2010 to about 2013 a goalkeeper Berkey Oskanon I don't know if you remember him he played for us for a couple of years and uh Mateo Klimowitz who was in the news war number 31 which of those uh which of those Matt kind of sticks a chord with you I remember uh being excited about Okazaki and then immediately being bummed out that I had been excited about Okazaki uh because he never really panned out Klimowitz has got to take it just because of the constant jokes we get to make about his dad having played in the Bundesliga. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is news to me, guys. <laughs> you know, if we talk to him in Texas, Ted, maybe we can ask him what's going on. He's actually in the news because Stuttgart is not happy with his loan situation. And Sven said that because of Bielefeld's well, hey, love Legendo. I mean, got to start there. But um, Ricardo Osorio was one of my OG favorites um, back in the day. Um, he was actually one of two Mexican players that played on the team at the same time. It was him and Pablo Pardo. Okay. Um, so it takes me back to like, 
it seems like we always have these two guys from a random foreign country playing simultaneously with the team. <laughs> There's Ito and Endo now. We had Nico and uh, and Santiago Ascasibar from Argentina simultaneously. And this was like the Mexican OGs. Um, and I loved those two guys. Um, so, Ricardo, if you're listening and you'll be in Austin, I'm going to be a weird, creepy, tall fanboy um, <laughs> if I see it. So. Yeah, is that Ted actually was around when this club won a Bundesliga title. I mean, he immediately, he becomes the OG of this podcast at this point. Ted, you've got more experience probably than Travis and I put together on this. It's and mostly that's kind of hilarious. quality rather, or quantity rather than quality, actually. So, um, yeah. You said it right the first time. <laughs> well, you'll never be invited back after this episode. Enjoy your last one, Ted. <laughs> this number three is a good one to end on. That's not bad. Well, speaking of the last one, this is the last match uh, before the the World Cup break. So we instead of getting 17 in, uh, all the Bundesliga clubs got 15 in. So now we have a long break until basically January 20th, until the league gets going again. So in part one of this one, we're going to break down the game a little bit. And then in part two, we're going to do some headlines and some questions. And uh, it'll be a pretty short episode because we've got uh, a lot of ideas for over the, the break. So, uh, you know, what do you guys think? We promised the people a short one. Should we get this going and end it as quickly as we can? <laughs> Put it out of its fun, Travis. <laughs> That's right. We should just end it here. <laughs> See you later, guys. All right, here we go. Part one. So we went into this one against Bayer Leverkusen. I didn't realize now in 22 matches. We have 17 losses and only one win. That blows me away. I think we have a better record against Bayern Munich over that same time period. We had no Endo, no Dino, no Sosa, no Silas. I mean, it's it's going to be no fun. Ted, going into this one, Matt and I talked last podcast. We didn't have a lot of high hopes going into this one. Were we wrong? Were you optimistic? What were your thoughts You know, with all those guys out going to, on the road to Bayern? I was not. I mean, this one seemed like a perfect storm. It was like the injuries and um, and guys out on our side, plus the Leverkusen team, like I, they were just coming off of a 5-0 route against Union, um, an Union team that does not let in many goals. So that, that freaked me out, and I just had a, a sinking feeling about this one before the kickoff. Yeah, it wasn't feeling very good. Matt, did you get any – closer to optimism or the closer this match started or are you still feeling the same way when we last recorded not even for a second yeah it was tough i i was excited to see vagnamon in there egloff in there uh malo in there you know i wasn't too excited to see zagadu but hopefully you know he just needed some some miles to kind of get the rust off a little bit and here's where i kind of want to dive into this so everybody knows how the match went that val b looked really toothless and matt i'll start with you on this one the criticism was how lifeless they were uh, I like Kicker's quote. They said, uh, quote, hardworking but penniless <laughs> Schwabians. Uh, in the 30th minute, Diaby had a really nice goal. Unfortunately, it was deflected off Anton. The criticism, they just looked lifeless. There were no chances. Uh, was this a t- – do you think it was strategy? We're going to play a little bit defensive. Do you think they were just running out of gas? Uh, or was this just a case of the guys weren't prepared again? I feel like the – the heart was kind of ripped out of this team when Matarazzo was fired. And we've seen the result of that, of the guys just showing up and not having the same 
get after it that they did under Matarazzo. Even though the results have been better, uh, we've had better luck in, in scoring. The defense has looked sloppy and messy. The midfield's kind of been meh. It just it feels like these guys are waiting out Vimmer to get canned so they can see what reality is going to look like for them going forward. And they've got a 65-day break. Now, it was they're probably all just – like teachers at the end of a school year saying, can this please just be done? I'm ready to go for a break. And well-deserved. At the end of the school year. <laughs> no, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, I, I think in this one, the injuries, are like the guys who were out were pretty key players who were going to, we're going to help to defend the pace of um, of Leverkusen if they were in the match. Um, and without them, I think it was going to be a very tall task to defend the the speed that they had up top. Yeah, I, I'll i go the opposite way, just play devil's advocate. Also, because I'm actually going to meet some of these guys in a couple of days and they're much larger than I am. So I'm going to be nicer than Matt was going to be. I, I thought initially when the match started, the first you know, 15 minutes, let's not lie. We were all like, hey, we haven't given up a goal yet. This is pretty exciting. So I thought, I was like, all right, so we're playing super defensive um, and, be, and we're going to try to catch them on the counter. I was like, all right, that makes complete sense. So I was totally on board with that. I didn't think we played as bad as a lot of people uh, put down on Twitter and on Reddit, considering the amount of talent we were missing that match. And the funny thing is, Matt, you and I talked about this last episode, I think, is that a number of these guys on the defensive end are more offensively inclined players. I mean, Joshua Vagnamon, for example, is our right back. But last match against Hertha, he was playing up front. And then in this match, you're asking him to play defense. You don't have no Dino there, like Ted said, no Endo there, uh, no Borna there. I just think it was a perfect recipe for disaster, like Ted said. I didn't think they played that bad considering what they put on the pitch, though, Matt. It, it, it could have been worse. 2-0 to a quality side like Leverkusen. Sometimes you got to tip your hat to them. Uh, the the lineup didn't inspire me, but it didn't scare me either. And really, I was feeling better 20 minutes in than I was before kickoff because we hadn't conceded. And I thought maybe, maybe we'll get one, a cheap one here, and we'll be able to hold them off the board because Leverkusen's been kind of a mess lately. It just never quite came to be. Yeah, Matt it was and I were talking about um, Ted that going into this one, Vimmer has been getting all his wins at home, hasn't won on the road yet. Uh, this was another one where we lost. So when Ta has that goal that goes in in the 82nd minute, the the match is all but over. Any chance you know Ted that we had to get back into it, you could just even somebody like me who thought, hey, I get it, we were playing defensive. You're only down a goal. You still have a chance to catch them. You know, on a break. Okay, at that point it's over. We only so. We had three matches in that one week. You had Gladbach, Hertha, Bayer. You only got three points, but you did beat the one team you had to win. Ted, was this a successful English Avaka, as they say, or was this a unsuccessful week? I'm satisfied with it. I won't say successful necessarily, but I was satisfied with what we pulled out of this week. Um, I look at it from um last time I was on we had four games left to go until this point and we got and what I said I think at that point was if we get five or six points out of those four matches before Austin I would be happy I'm I'm feeling optimistic and and pretty positive about the results that they pulled out um I think 
Leverkusen, it was only going to be a matter of time before they started to figure their stuff out. Um, like a lot of us picked them to be top of the table or at least top three at the beginning of this season. They've had all sorts of issues to deal with, but they were going to round into form at some point, And it feels like this might be that time. I'm happy with it. Matt. Mm. <laughs> I'm, I'm not thrilled. I'm not excited. Like I was hoping for more, but yeah, 2-0 two, two against a, a Leverkusen team that's been underperforming with, you know, Frimpong, Demerbay, and Diaby, they're going to punish you if you don't get after them. And we haven't been getting after teams, and we got punished. So I guess I'm I'm okay with where things are, not that being not okay with it matters at all. Um, <laughs> but I feel like we should have gotten more. I'm a little dis... I- we beat Hertha. You had to beat Hertha. That's the big one. We're winning at home. I think that's huge. I tend to agree a little bit, Matt, with what you said, is that I think the guys went into it saying, hey, let's see what can happen. But I do wonder if there was a little bit of mental checkout. We got the win we had to get. We know we've got this 65-day break, like you mentioned. My gosh. Um, and we don't know what the future holds. Let's give it our best shot. But I, I would have hoped – as pessimistic as I was going into that, I thought, you know what? There's always a crazy match at some point during the year. Why not this one? You know, why why isn't Bayer the one that's checked out? You know, why are we? And I don't know if we were checked out. I just don't think we had the talent on the pitch that day. If we were to catch Bayer, this match would have been the one to catch him on. Kind of off kilter, looking forward to the break. But yeah, the injuries and the card accumulations and stuff, we were not in a position from the get-go to be really successful. And then that awful bad luck goal on the first one. Have have you seen a dumber goal in the Bundesliga this season? Yeah, I thought that was the most disappointing thing because the first, the 25, 30 minutes, yes, Bayern's a better team, but we're playing a style that can get you a result against them. And then you have that ridiculous, Diaby has a great play, it deflects off a player, and you're just like, I think that deflated the guys more than anything else because you're like, we're holding our own, and with some luck, maybe we can get something out of this. But in that one instance, all the luck went against Tom, and I think the writing was on the wall. You're playing with a depleted club, and that's it. The, the thing I do want to talk about, because there's a lot of negative, and there's a lot of issues and all that stuff. I do want to talk about the positive, and we'll get into Vimmer here in a little bit, but, but I love how much he seems to get the crowd. And I love how much he seems to get how important they are, Ted. I don't know. I watched the whole, the end of the match and Vimmer was making sure that the guys went to the curve and he went into the curve and they knew this was the last match before, you know, a long break. And I just, I really respected Ted, how much he respects the support. And I don't know if Vimmer's the guy, but I think he gets it. And I think that's, that's huge. Yeah, I think it's important to have someone at the club who has an understanding of those dynamics and has a little bit more maybe historical context. And that's something that I think we could say wasn't necessarily something that Pellegrino had. I think he had won over a lot of people in his favor, um, but, you know, didn't have um, a a long track record there. Didn't have the experience necessarily with the fans. Um, So I, I think that's a big plus for Mishi. Absolutely. Wrap this up. So the match ends. Uh, the results 
didn't go our way this weekend. Uh, Bochum beat Augsburg. Hertha beat Cologne. Bayern at least beat Schalke, but they didn't make it easy doing it. So there's no matches again until the 21st. We play Mainz at home, and then we've got a Tuesday match versus Hoffenheim, and then we play on Friday versus Leipzig. I don't even want to get into the schedule game in January because it is just frankly too frightening. There's plenty of time to do that, but as it stands right now, here's the table. Schalke's got nine points. They're in 18th. Bochum has 13. They're in 17th. We have 14 and are in 16th place right now. Hertha are in 15th place. They also have 14 points. Uh, Augsburg is ahead of them. And Cologne, congratulations, has moved into our first place with 13. I'm going to stop there. Any surprises? Or do you think those guys are going to battle it out the rest of the season? I'm a little surprised to see Augsburg down in 14th. I expected a little bit more of them. And they just seem to be one of those teams that never quite gets down to these levels, um, at least not for long. Um, I expected Hoffenheim to be down with us, to be honest. And I'm really kind of surprised that they're doing as well as they are. But everybody else, Schalke, Bochum, expected those guys to struggle I had hoped we wouldn't be struggling this much, but <laughs> here we are. And Hertha, Colm, you know, the Billy Goats are the Billy Goats, and they're they're doing their Billy Goat things, which is hang out at the bottom of the table and survive. I thought these would be the six. I mean, the one I'm a little – I guess I'm with you on Augsburg a little bit. I thought they might be a little bit better. I thought Cologne would be down with us. They got off to a fast start, but they are really struggling now. I just thought we'd all have a few more points, Ted. That's These are really low levels of points. I mean, 9, 13, 14, you're looking at a situation where 28 to 30 points might get you in the relegation playoffs. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm not surprised with who's down there, but the point totals are surprising. The one that surprises me is that Bremen is is mid-table right now. Um, I definitely was expecting that they would have been with this crowd, would have expected Cologne would have been a little bit higher. Now this has me curious what the record is for the lowest point accumulation um, in the Bundesliga. Boy, I think we may challenge for it this year. <laughs> I'm going to look this up now. Oh, my God. You know what? That is a perfect segue for us to move into headlines and questions before we do, any last thoughts on this game, or have we talked about it more than it needs to be talked about, Matt? Put it to bed, Travis. <laughs> right. Well, Matt puts it to bed, and Ted looks up how many points we need to set another record. <laughs> we'll go move on to part. <laughs> Welcome back to part two, and we did some incredible research we had our crack research team Re matt is it research staff should we call it i mean i i think that sounds very professional so we should totally go with it it's our staff is named the internet <laughs> look this up for us ted what did you find what is the the lowest recorded number of points needed to stay in the bundesliga and by lowest recorded i mean the lowest number we were able to look up in about a minute yeah, um, well, our crack team is telling me it was 27 points by Hamburg in the 2013-2014 Bundesliga season. So we should be fine. We're halfway there. Absolutely. I'm, I'm more confident already. 
this, we are the world's most positive Stuttgart podcast. <laughs> we were coming for you, 2013 Hamburg. <laughs> Where are they at now, by the way? They're oh, on vacation. <laughs> Whoopsie. You know what? I think Hamburg is actually on vacation, Matt, in California, I think. But, yeah, there's a lot of clubs that are heading to the state. So we're going to deal with that here now in part two. But first, let's get to some questions. Tad, we'll start with you. Captain Armadillo, frequent contributor to the show, going to see him in Texas as well, says, how do we intend to keep our slot in first with a performance that is good enough for bottom third of second? I'm giving you this one, Ted, because it took me about a half hour to understand what he was talking about. So I am finally getting it now. Yes. <laughs> Can you answer that riddle for us? So let me um, answer this question with a question of my, a clarifying question of my own. I assume I assume our, our friend means uh, staying up in the first Bundesliga with a performance that is good enough for us to be in the Zweite or Dritte. Let's go with that. Yes. Um, yes. And that is probably a, a somewhat fair assessment, um, if if a little harsh, maybe for for our boys. Um yeah, it's it's gonna take some doing. I really hope that that sixty five day break um, leads leads them to come back pretty refreshed. Um, that said, uh, I think you know, given the point totals that we think we might need to actually survive, um, and who's down kind of in the mud with us, um, yeah, we've got our work cut out for us. But I think it's feasible. Um, but they will. Yeah, have to change some things in the in the Rook Runda. Yeah, I'm going to maintain my positivity and say, listen, that was a rough performance, but we were basically playing, Matt, our B team in many cases against buyer team that is, I think, just better than what the table shows. I think the short answer is this. I think the buyer match is a one-off. There were so many guys out. I don't think you can put a ton of of attention on that. I just don't think you can overanalyze that match. Yeah. I feel like we've got the players to stay up. It's just a matter of <clears throat> getting them organized and all moving in the right direction at the same time. So if, if we can get this coaching nonsense sorted out, if the drama in the head office can settle down, I think this is a team that can easily move up to 13th or 12th place. Yeah. I, I do want to get into that. You know, once the, trip in the states is over they're going to make all the decisions on uh sven on vim and all that stuff so i think we'll have time to talk about that at a later point but i agree it's it's at some point you got to figure out what direction you're going to go there seems to be talent on this team just harnessing it in the right way which goes to flabby's question do you think sven and vimmer should schedule more friendlies against bundesliga teams or move the non-world cup players down to the second team which is not taking a world cup break Let's talk about the schedule here from what I've understood is that after this trip to the United States, which is basically a fun team building trip, let's be honest, that that's all this is. What is your take? Should, should they continue to play over the course of December or should they give these guys some physical and mental rest? These guys are all professionals. They're going to be working out through the break and keeping themselves fit. At least one would hope. I think you you look at some of the guys who haven't gotten a lot of time, maybe a, a Koulibaly, uh, somebody who's been sitting on the bench a lot, and you give them the option. You say, hey, we'd really like you to get more time. We think it'd be good for you to do a stint with the second team just to get your legs underneath you, 
And if he says, comes back and says, you know, the rest would really do me some good, makes a compelling case. Yeah, all right. Because it's, this is a slog for these guys. And it's a weird year. And it's been, last year was weird. And the year before that was weird with all the COVID stuff. I, I can see everybody being ready for a couple week mental break. Go get your heads together, especially with the coaching stuff going on. I would almost have more concern if we had more players participating in the World Cup, actually, honestly, um, from a, an injury risk perspective, a fatigue perspective. Um, so I think some of the big boys have more concerns potentially than than we need to have about this. Um, but yeah, um, I would totally agree with Matt. Those guys who are kind of on the cusp, I think that they need to be doing everything that they can to get a full 90 um, and, and maintain that game fitness. In theory, there could be a new guy in two weeks and it's put up time for everybody on that roster to show you know what they belong. And I, I didn't really think of that angle. I think it's just so weird because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to do it a lot of different ways. And there's going to be some team that's going to fall apart and some team that's going to have a lot of success. And everybody's going to be like, aha, this is the way it works. And I just don't think there's any right way to do this. Um, I love Matt, what you said about that makes a lot of sense. Those guys on the borderline should take all the opportunities they have to keep playing. And it would be pretty awesome if it wasn't just the Frauen team that was winning everything. Like they are, God bless them. That the second division team would just, how awesome would that be? If you just, you had Kula Bali down there and you had Zagadu down there and you had all these guys down in the second playing in the regional league, just, just tearing it up. It would be like when Holger Badstuber and Mario Gomez were down there <laughs> doing that. All right, let's go to the, the other question that Flabby asks is one of Stuttgart's future opponents in the second uh, team is called Vormatia, which is now his second favorite club after Dor, uh, Deportivo Vanca in Peru. I'm not going to lie. So, Bundesliga boxes is on Twitter and they give out random uh, uniforms and kits. You pay for a subscription service. I think it is. And I, I, I can't wear anything but Stuttgart gear. I just, I can't, that's what I wear. But if I were going to find a second club, Ted, Vormatia Verms, their badge is flipping amazing. Are they in Vorms, the city on the Rhine? Yep. Wow. Is their mascot also the Worms? I would hope so, but it's like a dragon. It's... That's decidedly not a worm, and I'm now out. I don't <laughs> care how cool their badge looks. It's if it's super... not the worms from those that uh, Worms Armageddon video game that have like bazookas and crash helmets. Oh, I remember that. Although there was that Kevin Bacon movie years ago where he was in the desert fighting against those worms. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yes. yes. Tremors, yes. Tremors. I was hoping I could just keep asking random questions during this segment that nobody knows the answer to because that's programming gold right there. Well, their crest does say um, VFR Vormatio Worms. Right? So that's good enough for me. I mean, <laughs> isn't a dragon a gigantic scaled winged worm anyway? You know what? On this podcast, yes, it is. So You may have won me over, Ted. You know what? I do like this question, though. If you guys were going to pick another team, and so let's not, maybe not in the first league, but if you were going to pick a team in the second league, who would it be? I don't personally step out on Stuttgart. 
You're so loyal, Ted. Matt, what about you? That was the first city I spent any significant time in, in Germany. And their training grounds are amazing. And they're in the middle of this, like, wreckage of old Nazi stuff. And it's just, it's incredible. And that whole city is amazing. And I went there and I have a, a friend whose son plays is a, a huge soccer player and he's really, really talented. And when I was in Nuremberg, his son was collecting shirts that had his name and number on them. So I got him a custom Nuremberg shirt with the flock on it with his name and his number. And the people there could not have been nicer and they couldn't understand a lick of English. And my <laughs> German's not great, but it's good enough that we understood each other and they were very kind and very helpful. And so I just, I had a wonderful time in Nuremberg. So I've got a little bit of a soft spot for them and their shirt looks like it's got a curse word on it. <laughs> it doesn't leave much the imagination. <laughs> I say I will claim a third Bundesliga team, a Dritte Liga team, um, SV Meppen. This is Rhineland Palantate is the, the region they're from, I think. Um, so they have a guy on there or had a guy on their team, Tilo Loigers, spelled like my last name. And it's the region where my family comes from. So I'm convinced that he is. And he also has a massive dome, uh, this big forehead like me. So I'm convinced that he is a relation to me. And so it is always the idea of having a off the shelf kit with a T Loigers flaca on it. I was like, dude, that is tempting. That is I feel like you have to. That is too good. Yeah. I, I would probably go club that doesn't, the town that doesn't exist, right? Is it Bielefeld? Is that what we talked about, Matt, the one episode? Yep. I, I have a really, I have a soft spot for those guys because they, there's this famous clip they needed to win against Braunschweig years ago to save their season. And we needed them to beat Braunschweig to help us advance and get promoted. And there's this famous clip, and maybe I'll put it on, on this episode, of their assistant coach giving this like 90 second speech. And if you guys haven't seen it, once I post this, you got to look at it where he just basically screams at the Billfeld players about how you're not playing for us. You're playing for your family, for your kids, your kids that haven't been born, your grandkids. everybody, And it is motivating. And I saw that and I was like, Oh my gosh, I would run through a wall for that guy right now. I don't know what he's talking about, but it's awesome. So the town that doesn't exist or Munich and uh, would be my two there. So Flabby, great question um, about uh, your favorite club there. So those are some of our backup clubs. Kai guy in Iceland asked, Ted, I'll start with you. There's talk that Sosa may be leaving after the world cup. Stuttgart needs the money with him. We at least have some offensive play, but without him, there's nothing. Look at this past match, your opinion. And oh, by the way, please keep Beryl in Texas with you. Well, Beryl's not making the trip to Texas with us. So, I guess we failed you there, Kai Guy. Um, I really don't want to talk a ton about this, to be honest, because I think we'll have a lot of time over the break to talk about it. Ted, we'll start with you real quick. Borna Sosa, if they should they sell him over the break? It would absolutely break my heart. It's probably the right thing to do, depending on the valuation. If if Sven and I would trust that Sven would get a fair deal for him, um, could could get a good amount of money, then I think it's probably the right thing to do. And for Sosa himself, unselfishly, I think it's a good thing for him as well. Um, I like 
you can't say a bad thing about the way that the guy handled his situation, um, you know, at the tail end of last year in the um, in the transfer window. Like, by all rights, he could have put up a fuss um, and, and forced his way out of the team. And he was nothing if not businesslike um, and very respectful of the fans and his teammates. Um, so if he moves on in the break, I wish him well. Can't say a bad thing about the guy, but I will sorely miss him. Yeah, Matt, I just I struggle with this one because the writing seems to be on the wall, and I really don't want to talk about too much, you know, at this point. Um, I, I wish him really well in the World Cup. Love the guy. Like Ted said, he's just been a model player, you know, since he's been here. So I think we could have – I would love him to stay, but we could have a Ewing theory situation here where he's a great player, but the – players around him focus so much on him that they're not doing enough themselves. So it's a possibility that he goes and we don't have that crutch to lean on. We got to figure something else out and it ends up being better for the team as a whole. And everything Ted said about, you know, he's conducting himself, right. He deserves the opportunity. If he goes, he goes. And I hope we get good money for him. If he stays, let's keep cheering for that lethal left boot. I would have been really cool to see him on the trip to Texas, but he's, uh, going to Qatar for the World Cup. So good luck to him. So, you know, why don't we move into that? So everybody knows that Shugart is going to play Cologne in Austin, Texas next Saturday as we record this. We got the Texas trip going. Um, so who's going? We got Cacao who's going, club legend. Ricardo Acerio's going, as Ted talked about earlier. And the big news, Ted, I hope you heard this. Who is the big name that's going? My man, Travis <laughs> that's right fritzel's gonna be there so fritzel's gonna be there also ruben casper head of marketing and tomas ignazi the cfo whatever so no no offense to you guys but god fritzel's gonna be there uh christian schmitz will be there the fan liaison over 30 stugart fans have made the trip from germany great showing of that that group who's not going to be there endo's not going to be there ito's not going to be there there sosa all in the world cup uh furek is getting a medical uh checkup uh, Anton and Nardi, they don't have their Corona booster, so they're not going to be there. And Karazor still has legal issues uh, from this summer. Um, so, you know, Ted, that's a pretty decent group. Silas is going to be there. Dino's going to be there. Those were some late additions. Um, you're making the trip, is it safe to say? In like Flint. In like I'm making the trip. Matt, you have been invited to stay home. This is just like when they have the State of the Union address in the United States. When they have all the members of Congress, president show up and they always have to leave the secretary of agriculture somewhere safe so in case anything happens to ted and i you can take over the ofc line of succession yeah i'm, I'm the designated survivor and i wear that badge with pride <laughs> matt any of those names that are going or aren't going that uh stick out to you anybody that uh you know you're surprised that they're making the trip you would want to see if you were going on the trip any uh thoughts on any of those names we just threw out there I would love to, first of all, I would love to get a picture with Fritzel just because I think it'd be amazing. And 50 plus donor on Twitter, who's got a great Bundesliga Twitch channel said that if he doesn't get a picture with Fritzel, cause he'll be there, that he's canceling his channel, uh, <laughs> but not really. I think Silas would be the one that I want to see. I want to see how much his speed translates in person live. Cause he looks real fast on TV, but I feel like that's one of those things you can't really process until you see it live and in person ted what about you is there anybody that you're just excited to see 
in person, you know, they're not listening to this podcast. So feel free to, you know, say, you know, who do you got a man crush on that you're like, oh man, I really want to be cool when I'm around this guy because I, I'm he's kind of my hero. Dinos, I would say. Um, I, I think he's gonna make me at six foot five feel very small somehow. Um, and and I just hope that he pulls off one of his kind of trademark runs out of the back um and, and you know a 60 yard dash with the ball at his feet and you're like how is a dude this size a central defender doing this and then just unleashes a bolt of thunder if, if he scores ted i want you you have to do the dino and take your shirt off i'm gonna learn some greek too while i'm at it and and scream scream something at him <laughs> i pronounced that goalkeeper's name really well earlier so i'm sure i can help you <laughs> with that i i'm excited to see uh sven uh vimmer uh i'm curious how they feel about coming to the states because they're going from being the biggest thing in their country to they're going to go to i think a football game on sunday and nobody's going to know who they are i'm curious what they think about this trip interesting so they're attending the texans versus commanders game lucky guys yes they i know seriously <laughs> the the nfl players will be just as anonymous as the german footballers so. <laughs> well said (laughs) i wonder if it won't be kind of a a nice change for them to be anonymous and be able to walk around like any random dude hanging out this could be a nice little break for them but still have you know the hardcore fans be there who know who they are and be excited to see them today as we record this is tuesday so they arrived on monday apparently they had a practice today it was tuesday so as we post this it'll be wednesday any news on Wednesday or Thursday? Any events that are going on? Wednesday, I don't believe that there's anything on the schedule, but Thursday is really um, the first day that I think some of the American-based Falith Bay fans are going to get into town. Um, and there's some pretty exciting stuff that they've already got planned for us. So I know that the club reached out um, and let us know that there is an open training session. Um, so not at Q2. It's going to be at the St. David's Performance Center. Um, which is up in that same neck of the woods north of the city. Um, It's at 1 p.m. So that one's open to the public to watch. um, And then some groups are going to get together um, at the pitch, um, which is a a kind of a bar area adjacent to it after that, uh, that training session. The one that I'm really excited about is the club reached out to an organization called the German Texan Heritage Society and got, um, an event planned in the evening as well for fans, kind of a fan appreciation event, which sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked about that. My flight gets in around noon, so I'm hoping I can make that practice. I don't know, yeah, if I will. Uh, I know the flights have been super on time lately, so I, yeah, I might show up on Monday at this point. Um, the event from about five o'clock to nine o'clock at the German Texas Heritage Society, where we're going to meet the club. We're going to be officially presented with our OFC certificate, which is awesome. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to hand us an envelope and then ask us to leave, if they're going to make a presentation, if they're just going to say, okay, yeah, pay your dues and you're good. In my my dream, I'm like, oh, they want us to say something. So Matt, if you were there and if you were able to say something or ask something, to one of the CEOs, or I should say CEOs, you know, the CFO, uh, you know, Thomas Ignazi or the marketing director or Reuven Casper or, you know, Sven, 
is there any question you would ask them any thing you would want to say so if you if i'm you and i get to speak on a stage my goal would be to pronounce as many german words as poorly as possible in an incorrect order because that would be the most on brand thing that could possibly happen <laughs> for for the ofc and for this podcast and just unashamedly passionately doing it poorly <laughs> i i would love that vfb stuttgart bingo <laughs> dill coleman there is a very high likelihood that will happen uh i if so uh, in in all honesty i would like to like thank them for coming and uh and thank them for the the outreach that they have done, but then ask why there hasn't been more and ask if we can help with that. Because it it still amazes me with Stuttgart being such a big club and being a potentially a global brand. And there is clearly a following here in the States and in Canada. You know, why why isn't there some more stuff here? Why is communicating with the club so tricky? Why is getting merch? take forever and does it show up looking like it has been shredded and drowned <laughs> and is there something we can do to help that not just a criticism but is, is there something we can proactively as the fans who live here who love this club can we do something to help spread the word of Shukart to the world and, and honestly get some decent t-shirts <laughs> or something <laughs> I think it, it, Matt you nailed it is it but I 100% agree with you is that I think the United States is such an untapped market if they knew how to approach it. And I do understand the argument that, listen, there's a lot of sports here. Not only do you have the big four of, you know, uh, you know, NFL all the way down to hockey, you've got college football you've got to deal with in the United States. So there it's, it's tough, but I think there are markets and regions where you can make a huge inroads if you put in the effort. Not everybody wants to be a Bayern fan. Not everybody wants to be a Dortmund fan. I think that's what's so impressive about Ted, the Cologne fans that we're going to see there. Being a Cologne fan isn't easy, but they're everywhere. And I would say Bayern is first. And then after Bayern, it's Cologne. They're nowhere near each other when it comes to success. So I think I 100% agree with Matt. That That's the thing I would say is like, what can we do to help spread the word about Stuttgart? Because I think, if people learned about the history of the club and the special uh, uniqueness of the 50 plus one rule and the fan support, I think there'd be a lot of people that buy in. Yeah. I'm along the same lines. I mean, I would ask, I would be interested to hear them articulate what was the goal of this trip? I mean, why, why did you select the U S why did you select Austin? I know they've communicated a little bit about that or we've, guessed about some of it but i'd like to hear it from from their words and understand if you know whatever the stated goal was how can we help you to achieve it because i i think you're right i mean there's plenty of other sport out there for the american audience to consume but the beauty of soccer and a, a reason that a lot of us love it is it's not competing with the same time slots like this is it's a morning commitment versus you know football being at noon or at one um, there's no overlap there. It's just a question of, are you going to watch EPL or are you going to watch Bundesliga? Um, I wonder if they even know how much Bundesliga is 
broadcast and consumed on American television these days, how easy it is, like it, how amazing it is for us as Stuttgart fans to be able to watch every single match that we want to be able to. Yeah, I, I think, and this is the difficult part, is I think if American fans understood this one unique aspect, I think so many more of them would dive in. And I think it's a Green Bay Packers effect. If you told American fans, you can be a member and basically an owner of this club, and you can have a say in the direction this club goes. In theory, Matt, you're a, a Packers fan, right? I mean, in theory, that's the way the Packers work. They're the only National Football League team that has this set up. In theory, I have say in what happens with this club. And I think so many of us are so upset with how, whether it's the Fords who run Detroit, or it's the Browns that run uh, the Bengals, or it's the Haslam's that run the the Cleveland Browns, which I know I just confused a lot of people there by saying Browns. Well, I was going to say I didn't I didn't think the Browns ran anything. Well, they run into the ground is where they <laughs> run. Is, is that we have no say? We we have absolutely zero say. When the Cleveland Browns went one and thirty one, they were make nobody was going to the stadium, but they were still making money hand over fist. In the Bundesliga, that's not going to fly. Right. Because the, the fans have support. So, Matt, I really think if, if American fans could be educated on the uniqueness of the 50 plus one. You get a lot more people to buy in. I think the, the 50 plus one and then promotion relegation, because um, that's the pro rel is something a lot of American fans are unfamiliar with and just don't understand how that works. And the fact that a team can go from the very top to the very bottom in a, a couple of years. And if you get an organization that's run as poorly as the Detroit lions are, they will not exist for long. And I, I think once you explain that, that appeals to people. And also you don't risk run the risk of VfB Stuttgart becoming VfB Stuttgart and Bayern anytime. soon. like, they're not moving these, they're, they're clubs that have corporate sponsorships attached to them. They're not corporations in and of themselves, mostly. But, you know, the Detroit Lions could pick up and move next week and whatever. The Green Bay Packers aren't going anywhere because they're a community-owned uh, organization. But the Browns have left. You know, the, the St. Louis Rams are now in L.A. This this happens in American sports, and it just cannot happen with Bundesliga clubs. It's funny. I, I put that on Reddit years ago. It's like, oh, if your club moved, where what would be the next club you would support? And it, it was just shot down they're like that number one would never happen if it did happen i would cease to follow that sport i would follow handball or whatever whatever german thing they have over there yeah so we can give all these ideas to the guys on thursday and i'm sure they'll well not listen to any of them at all which they, they shouldn't we don't know what we're talking about so ted thursday's gonna be a lot of fun what about friday what do we got going on friday uh, Josh, good friend of the show, great friend of the show, um, and fantastic advanced planner, um, has, uh, has proposed a little kick about soccer, uh, happening up, um, also in the domain area up north of, of town, um, followed by coffee meetup. Um, and that's something we've invited the Cologne folks to join for as well. If they want to, we want to do a little friendly fan rivalry, um, on the soccer pitch. Yeah, t what position, Ted, are you playing if that uh, friendly soccer match goes down? 
I see myself as a center back uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be able, I don't want to do a lot of running if I don't have to. Um, and I want to use my size to my advantage. Matt, you're not making the trip, but if you were going down, I'm guessing defense would be your role too, huh? I, I think as a, a fellow large human being, I would be a center back, but since I won't be there, I'll play left out. <laughs> left out. Well played, sir. Any other activities going on Friday or is that it? Oh, no. So then Friday evening, um, we are going to be doing what uh, what we're calling the stut crawl um, or stut crawl. Uh, so starting um, 5 p.m. at Coco's Bavarian, if you are a fan of sausages that have antelope or rabbit and rattlesnake, and that's that's one um, <laughs> one sausage with both of those animals in it. Um, this is the place to go to. Um, it appears that they brew their own beer and are owned and run by a legit Bavarian prince. Is there anything more Texas slash Bavarian than you just said? Rattlesnake sausage. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, the Bavarian piece rubs me a little bit the wrong way, but I'm so excited for it. I'm going to overlook that. Um, and that, that stop one. And then after that, um, then uh, four or five stops on the way back towards the, the Metro line. I want to give a huge shout out to Valfi, Central Texas, and Josh and Jens in particular. Uh, we're going to send something out with, once we uh, post this, with the itinerary and the trip. And Josh Jackson put together an amazing itinerary. And just not an itinerary, but also just a description of what Austin is like, what the food is like, where we're going to go and all that stuff. So Ted, between you working with the SA Cologne folks, because if you don't know, Ted is the, our official fan club liaison with Americans. And uh, Josh is in charge of the central Texas Valve group. And he's done all the groundwork there. So huge shout out, uh, Ted, to you. Shoot, huge shout out to uh, Josh for this. The only th the problem I have is Josh has got us doing, and Matt, Ted, we all have kids. A bar crawl till about 1130. There's 0% chance I'm going to be able to be up until 1130 on a Friday. But Josh, I, I love the effort. It's going to be a little rough go, but no, he's, he's been great. Uh, Ted, you've been great with that. So thanks so much for that. So that's gonna be a lot of fun on Friday. So then Ted, we got Saturday, which is the match, but things start before the match. Yeah, so there is going to be a pregame at um, at Oscar Blues. So the impression I get is the stadium is just ringed with breweries on all sides, which is a thing of beauty. Um, and so we're going to be pregaming at Oscar Blues. Um, the Cologne folks are going to be at a nearby brewery as well, um, in case anybody's interested in popping over there. Um, so that'll be 11 until we're thinking probably about 1.30 and then march our way over to the stadium. And then um, I think come back potentially to the bar afterwards. But I think there might be some stuff um, in the stadium prior to that, a little bit of post-match stuff. Um, and then circle brewing, I think, is going to be the, the meeting point if memory serves afterwards, um, where there's a possibility of also meeting up with some of the U.S.-based Cologne supporters as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because we don't know 100% what's happening Friday, Saturday, right? So Saturday is there's going to be the match, but there's been word there's going to be something before the match and after the match, like some fan event, but we don't 100% know what it is. So all the U.S. supporters have, have planned contingencies, pre-gaming and post-gaming. 
we're going to meet a number of German Stuttgart supporters as well as American Stuttgart supporters. And we were thinking about doing like an ep- some kind of episode where we, we do an interview on the street, a man on the street. And this was Ted's idea. So give him credit for this. What is what are the the number one question you might ask these people? I, knowing what brought them, I mean, besides obviously the team, but what influenced their decision to go to Austin to to follow this great team there? But I'd want to hear kind of their on the ground perspective of what's the game day experience like. Tell us about the you know we see videos of parades going up to the stadium. What's that all about? Uh, what's your favorite part? of game day what sort of events go on in the city around games like you know american football games here in ann arbor tailgating everywhere around the stadium it's a whole the city shuts down when there's a home michigan football game does that happen in in stuttgart what's that like and just any like what's your favorite moment what are the the things that resonate with them as german fans that we may not know about or experience being uh the away fans for every match. I was thinking of more inane ones um, personally. And I know Travis and I had a little bit of offline discussion about this or, um, you know, DMs last night about um, goofy things that we would like to ask them. Um, So I would honestly be very curious to know if these Germans do find that everything is bigger in Texas. (laughs) Um, I, and I would wonder, are they surprised by the pickup trucks, the large people, the fact that it really is barbecue joints everywhere? Um, Austin not being the rest of Texas, I don't know if there will be the prevalence of cowboy boots and 10-gallon hats and stuff like that, but there's going to be some of it. Um, I know the Germans love cowboys, um, and I know that, like, uh, those sorts of like cowboy Indian books are are big in German culture and there are famous German authors that write a lot of those books. So I'm going to be curious to see um, if they feel like it lives up to their childhood dreams as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to asking some of those uh, silly questions as well, just to get their perspective, because I have to imagine the 30 or so Stuttgart supporters that came over here, uh, they're a unique group of folk, right? This is a long and expensive trip i'm interested you know what they think i want to ask who is inside fritzel you know what is the hair product that you guys are using that's just impeccable here we brought some flags you know our flag showed up today the people that are in the the crowd is like how difficult is it to wave those flags because they look enormous they look huge like I'm interested in just some of those day, those game day questions about what it's like, you know, for that experience there, but it's going to be a blast. It's going to be interesting. Um, Are there any activities for Sunday or is that pretty much it? So for Sunday, there is, for those who are interested um, there, that's the day that the world cup kicks off. Um, So I know some folks are planning to get together potentially to watch that world cup kickoff. Um, I think the game is 10 a.m. local time in Texas. This is a weird question because I know a lot of people want to ask about it. Matt, you going to watch the World Cup? I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to feel bad about myself for having watched it. But the the second Tom Eats Leather, I'm going to shamefully forget about all the human rights abuses and all the horrible things that had to happen in Qatar to, to make the world cup happen and all the horrible slimy grifting that happened for 
Qatar to be awarded it in the first place. And I'm just going to love this amazing sporting event for, you know, a month and a half and then it'll be done and I'll feel dirty and I'll go back to criticizing all the horrendous things that happened to make it happen. <laughs> Ted? Yeah, as much as I find everything that went into this World Cup despicable, um, the specter of being able to watch the World Cup over the holidays um, when a lot of us actually have time off of work, um, I don't have to worry about my employer finding out what's going on on my third monitor. Um, <laughs> you know, this... Uh, yeah, I, I will be tuned in. Maybe a little Ted, bit less than previous cycles, but I'll be tuned in. We already know what's happening in your third monitor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And with that, I think it's a great segue to end this podcast because Matt knows everything you're doing right now. When you're a security professional at a global conglomerate, Travis. There's a lot of things you wish you didn't know. <laughs> Boy, well... Ted, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go clean my internet history right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks so much for being on. I know this is a bit of a haphazard episode. We've been all over the place. We had a rough match to talk about. We've got this exciting event that's coming up that is a little bit vague. We're not 100% sure what's happening there. But we're super excited about seeing the club, meeting some of the guys in the club, getting our OFC official. And, you know, we definitely will come back over the World Cup break to talk about, you know, some player grades, uh, how the club is, is doing any new coaching or old coaching decisions uh, the group makes. So we'll be back here soon. Matt, any last sign-offs before we uh, close this one out? I get more jealous every day that you guys are going to be in, in Texas having a ball with the team, and I wish I could be there with you, and it sounds like it's going to be an absolute riot. And I just hope we get lots of good pictures and stories coming back for those of us who are missing out. Ted, you're actually going to meet me in person, so Matt's words may actually come back to haunt him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm psyched, yeah. I'm looking forward to Texas, looking forward to meeting the Central Texas guys and you as well, Travis. Um, and I'm just going to choose to go into the weekend thinking, you know what, Matt is probably the guy under the Fritz Fritzl costume. He had to tell us that he couldn't make it to Austin, but this is his real truth. Matt's recording from Austin, Texas right now as we speak. Oh, boy. All right, guys. With that, it was awesome having you on the uh, podcast this uh, episode, and we'll hopefully talk to you very soon. Matt, we'll talk to you soon. Ted, we'll see you soon. And uh, anybody who's listening to this, apologies for this episode. Hopefully, we see you soon. Um, and that's a wrap. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks, Travis.